Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. For more information about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, visit us at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening his word. Good morning, church family. Our scripture for today is in Romans 5, 14 through 21, which is on page 942 of the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you, if you wish to follow along. My name is Michael Winch. I'm husband to my wife, Sandra, for almost 34 years. Uh, We are parents to three sons, Grant, Scott, and Eli. Scott's no longer with us on this earth, but he's been glorified in Christ. My daughter, Jessie. We've been covenant members for five years. I serve on the worship team. They put me in that corner back there. And it's the best seat in the house to worship along with God's people and to see your genuine love for Christ our Lord. It's a blessing beyond words. And I thank you all for that. Again, uh, we'll be in Romans 5, 14 through 21 today. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, there were many made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. And um, Michael and Sandra have been members here for, for five years, and he's been... Uh, faithfully uh, serving here uh, with his talents to glorify Christ. And they are moving to Scottsdale uh, here, here soon. And so we just want to give a round of applause for them and their service. <laughs> Super grateful. Uh, if you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor. I'm on the preaching team. Super grateful to be here uh, with you this morning. Uh, we're in our Romans uh, series, and so we're in Romans chapter 5, 14 to 21, like he mentioned, and uh, justified is a series, and justi- justification is not just something 
it's, it's the heart of the gospel. Uh, it's, it, it, we, don't, we don't ever leave it. We actually need to drill deeper into it. And by the spirit of God, um, the hope is that, that God would make it more real to you, uh, that, that in a way it would preach to you, it would speak to you, the love of Christ uh, over you. Uh, it would change you from the inside out. And justification is really what Romans is about, what chapter five is about, that, that it, is, it is a beautiful truth that will utterly transform your life uh, if, you, if you just let it, you just listen to it. We don't wanna move on, but really look uh, at what Christ has done for us. Um, and as soon as you think you get it, you've completely missed it. And so don't, don't think you get it. Like allow God to work this morning in your life through, through, through this truth. Um, you know, this is the word of God. I always like just to maybe start there. I was, I was getting ready to preach in the last gathering. I just felt like we just need to start with that. Like this is God's word. So if you're wanting for God to speak to you, if you wanna know what he says, he has a word for you this morning in the word of God. Uh, and so there is a confusing world out there. I don't know if you know that. We live in a, a world of confusion. Lots of ideas, lots of thoughts, lots of philosophies. And sometimes like, I don't even know what's up. The good news is every time we come to a gathering, we're gonna get anchored in the word of God. It's the authority of our lives. Um, and so this will help us this morning because there is a lot of categories going on uh, in the world today, trying to, to speak identity over you. Some good, some not so good. And, and, and it's not necessarily even a bad thing, but in the world, there's these categories that saying, this is who you are. And identity means like what your worth is, why you matter, what's your purpose. And depending on what your identity is, there is effects of that. There's consequences of that, good and bad. So I'll give you uh, a few categories is uh, the world wants to just label us just um, by, by, by your gender. And, and, and hear me, uh, scripture is very clear. There's male and female, and that, that's not even part of necessarily the sermon, but God makes male and female. But uh, there, there's a, a culture war in that, that sense. There's um, the, the world's trying to identify us with our ethnicities, our culture. This is who you are. And depending uh, your background and your ethnicities, this is the consequences or the effects of that. Um, you know, another label that you see in the world is uh, just your nationality. Uh, and so I'm, I'm American. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for our country, um, you know, but it's not my identity, but in the sense of like, it, it means everything to me, but it is a representation of, of who I am to a certain extent. And there's effects of that. So I'll give you an example is when I, when I was studying abroad in England, uh, being American, I'd open my mouth quickly and they'd be like, you're not from here. You know why? Because I, I have an accent that wasn't English. And uh, that was the time when America was uh, invading Iraq for the weapons of mass destruction. That, that's how old I am. Like, I don't know what that was going on then. That was a thing when I was in college. And the first thing they would ask me as I got in a cab is like, where are the weapons? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I am not, I am not, I am American. I actually didn't make that decision and I don't know, right? And then they'd hear like, I was from Texas, like, you know Bush? I'm like, listen, I think you're getting this all wrong, right? But because of my identity, this is who I am. And here's now the questions I have. There is a uh, March Madness going on. Most of y'all went to basketball right away. Well, I was thinking wrestling. I don't know if you know that. There's March Madness of wrestling. That's a real thing. No, but I actually was talking about um, basketball. March Madness, 
A lot of us have teams because you filled out a bracket. Some of you picked it because you like the color. Some are very invested and this is your identity. And whether they win, you win. If they lose, you lose. My team is Arizona. It's always been the University of Arizona and it was heartbreak for us, right? We're number two seed. I haven't watched them much this season, but they got beat by the number 15 seed and there was shame. There was guilt watching them. They lost, I lost. I was the butt of the joke the whole trip I was on. It's like, your team lost. Like, I know. Thank goodness for Purdue that they got beat. They're the number one seed, right? Uh, but the idea here is we're being represented by this identity and we feel the effects of these identities. Here's where this ties in. The scripture here, and it's super clear in this text, there's only really two main identities. There's only really two races. You're like, man, I don't know about that. That's what the word of God says. That's why we go to the word of God. It says there's two humanities. So some of these are other sub-identities, but that's not your main identity. The word of God says there's two humanities. There's team Adam and there's team Jesus. And depending on which team you're on, that's your identity, that's your worth. And there's consequences, there's effects of belonging to that team. Two humanities. Now, in this text, what's gonna talk about is team Adam. There's a position of Adam. Why you're on that team? He's like, well, I don't know if I wanna be on that team. Well, you are, um, apart from Christ and the spirit of God. The potency of Adam, really the, the effects, if you will, from being on that team. There's team Jesus, right? And then the potency or the power of being on team Jesus. This is what Romans five is all about. So the position of Adam, being on team Adam, because like who's on that team? Well, it's very helpful to know if you're on that team. It says this in verse 12, actually to start off the entire section. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, why? Because all had sinned. This is super helpful. It's saying that we are, all of us, on team Adam. Why? Because Adam rebelled against God. And because of God, uh, Adam's rebellion against God, this sin has been passed, passed down from our first father, which is Adam. This sin now lives in our life. And because of this sin that lives in our life, there's a consequence that we're all dying. Now, what, what we looked at last week for, for a little bit is in the position of Adam, because he is our federal head, he's our representative, he's our team, that because of him, we all have now this sin nature that's in us and we all have the effects of uh, really what Adam, uh, Adam and Eve did. Now, scripture's super clear here that no one's born a Christian. So you're like, if you're wondering like, am I on team Adam or team Jesus? From birth, you're team Adam. That's what scripture's saying. Is by nature, Ephesians says, you're a child of wrath. Why? Because of Adam. A lot, a lot of you right now is like, well, that's unfair. Well, we're gonna get to fair in a little bit and we're not gonna want fair. We're gonna want grace. So just hold on, right? So by nature, it says in scripture that I was brought forth into iniquity. That means I was brought, you and I, from birth, we're brought into this world by being a child into iniquity. Iniquity means to have a heart bent on ourselves, not to glorify God, but a heart that is bent on taking the place of God. That's our nature. Now, I don't, I mean, the first words of almost any kid, any kid is what? 
It's mine, right? Like that's mine. That's my world revolving uh, around me. There is a, a disease that's passed on to us because of Adam. And it's, it's a dark mass of selfishness that lives in all of us. See, a lot of, think people, a lot of people think sin is just bad behavior. And it may be. But it goes deeper than that. Our sin nature is like, we're all about me. You're all about you. We want the world to revolve around us. And this selfishness destroys you. It destroys relationships. It destroys everything. And this sickness is demonstrated everywhere. So not only by nature, um, where we brought forth iniquity, it says, furthermore, in, in, in sin did my mother conceive me. So it goes even back into conception. Like, so when the start, man, from birth in your mother's womb, this is, this is the position that we're in. We're team Adam, right? So again, you're not born a Christian. Just because you're a part of a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian. We're brought into this world on team Adam with a deep sickness of sin and selfishness and our lives demonstrate it. So you're like, all right, I'm not sure about this. Your life demonstrates selfishness everywhere. Like, you know why your world is broken? You. You're like, I don't know. A lot of other people. It's like, no, you sabotage your life more than anyone else in your life. How do I know that? Because sin lives in you. And it breaks down marriages. It breaks down your relationship with your kids. It breaks down works. It breaks down churches. It breaks down everything. Why? Because it's a sin of selfishness. So uh, to quote the great, the great Michael Scott from The Office, as he asks Toby, why are you the way that you are? Right? You, now you have an answer. Because of Adam, I have a sin nature. Team Adam, it says in verse 15, through one man's trespass. Through one man. Who's that? That's Adam. Verse 16, through one man's sin. This is how, how it all got here. Verse 16b, following one man's trespass. Verse 17, one man's trespass, death reigns. Verse 18, one man's trespass led to condemnation. Verse 19, one man's disobedience. One man. See, our position's clear. Through Adam, we are positioned team Adam, and we deserve what? Judgment. Now, it's super clear. You can't be wondering, like, what do they mean by that? No, we're team Adam, and it's not good. It's like going to the doctor. It's like, it's cancer. Like, well, I don't like that. I don't know. I don't like the prognosis. Well, you can see how that plays out over time, right? Like, I'm just going to ignore it. No, you can't ignore it. See, the big idea of, of uh, the first point of this text is by nature and, our, and choice, our position is team Adam. We are sinners in Adam. Who does that affect? All people. All people. That's our position. Now, the potency of Adam, the effects of having this representative, this federal head, man, the effects and consequences are real. Man, the wages of sin is death. We see the effects of sin. I walked through this with my boys last night as we read the Bible. I was like, have you ever felt, felt sick? That's a consequence of sin. Have you ever felt lonely? That's a consequence of sin. Have you ever felt fearful? Consequence of sin. Are you afraid to die? Consequence of sin. We all feel the effects of being on Team Adam. We can't ignore it. They're right in front of our face. Verse 15, it talks about the potency of being on Team Adam. It says, verse 15, because of one man, uh, sin, many will die. And I'm going I'm, I'm to try to be um, tender here. Many, many, many died. Um, all of us, if you've lived long enough, long enough, have lost loved ones, and it's real. 
I don't know, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's your parents, coworkers, and friends. It, it's a real thing, and the sting hurts. It's not natural, it's painful, and that's because of sin. The effects is widespread, and it's not only real, it's very personal. Uh, I've had loved ones die, and I, I miss them so much. And it's, and it's a reality that we all live in. And we can answer that question is why is because of sin. Verse 16, it talks about because of that one man's sin, we all are under sin and we feel judgment of condemnation. This is an effect of sin that's in us. We have everyone in here, because I know you're human, who, who's born of Adam, have a fear of being found out. That means you have a lack of integrity in your life. Like, I, I don't have to question, I know. Now, why? Because I have a lack of integrity in my life. And I'm like, I'm not like trying to be purposeful, but I always try to spin a little bit. Like, I'm better than I am. You know why? Because you do too. That's our nature. We're like, we try to manage the chaos, manage our sin, try to put on a show. Like, it's not as bad as it seems. And what if they really found out who I was? Um, that's the judgment of condemnation. We have this con- condemning man, just spirit within us in the sense that, that we know this is true. There is a righteous, holy God and we fall short of, 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 of God. I and mean, it's real, we have guilt. I, 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 don't, I don't have to play that on you. I know that you're guilt ridden. You have shame. You're trying to, trying to achieve and act like, man, I, I, I'm better, better, than I, better than you are, better than I am, but that shame is real. We all don't measure up. We're all failures. We know we're not good enough. And this is the, the effect of sin. There is a righteous judgment for sinners, and that's condemnation. That's what we feel, and that's because of, of sin that lives in, in you and me. Now, some of you are like, no, I'm, I don't have guilt. I don't have shame. I feel confident. And I'm going to just tell you you're a liar. Like the most people that act secure in themselves are the most insecure, like deep down inside, they won't even acknowledge their insecurities because they don't even know what to do then, right? So the, 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 the effects of being on team Adam and under sin is the judgment of condemnation. Verse 17, death reigns. This is capital T, truth. You know, uh, I don't know if you think about it, what reigning is, reigning is like what, what kings do. Death is king. It's a reality that all will face. The, the guarantee in life is what? Taxes and what? Death. It's coming. Death is king. If you look at it, and you're like, man, this is really sad. Hold on, right? There's a lot of bad news before the good news. Life is just a conveyor belt of death. We're just, we're just marching on to death. And then we procreate and marching on to death. That's the reality of sin. It's the reality that we all face. We don't want to acknowledge it, but it's the truth. Verse 18, it talks about the condemnation of all men. The effects of being on team Adam, that we, we've lost loved ones, that we have this guilty conscience, we know we don't measure up, we're very insecure, and we know death is coming for us. It rains. This is the potency of being on team Adam. It's, it's, this is helpful for this reason. It's helpful for this reason, because this actually helped me become a Christ follower. Um, if you look at the world and how it is, if you just look at, open your eyes, it's amazing. God, God's creation speaks his glory. So I was, I was just at the beach. It screams his glory. 
Like you look at the oceans like someone made that. And it's beautiful. I mean, the colors and, uh, and, and the, the sea life and the sunrises and the sunset, it is majestic and it points to, to the glory of God. Furthermore, I don't know if you know it, we can see it, which is incredible. Like God not only created it beautiful, it's like, you know what, and I'm gonna allow you to behold my beauty through your eyeball. There's nothing like eyes. You can actually, it testifies, this is amazing. Now, and, 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 and if you have family or kids, God really awakens you to the Imago Dei, which is the image of God. Like, my family's beautiful. And, and you know, if it's, if it's personal, like you really think your kids are beautiful. Everyone, and the truth is everyone's beautiful. It's hard for us to get there, but everyone's image bearers of God and they're incredible. Now, here's the thing. The reason why this helped me understand um, sin and the, the problem and the effects of sin is the world screams there's a creator, yet everything I see is broken. Everything I see is broken. Loved ones get sick. People I love die. Um, I wish I wasn't the way I was. Like everything, I'm like, what makes sense of this world? How can two things be true at the same time? That everything is glorious and it's absolutely broken. Man, the truth of sin. This is what explains it. So this explains the world's issue. If you're just looking around, you see the glory of God, but it's been fractured and it's been broken and it's not how it should be. And furthermore, you start to see this is not just the world's problem, it's your problem. My biggest problem, again, is the sin nature that I have and the selfishness that's so in my heart that I see pop up and I hate it and it's real. And my biggest problems in my life is not because of other people, it's because of me. Now, the good news of this is a minute. If you admit you have a problem, there's actually hope. I pray that the Spirit of God has given you a conviction that sin is real and it lives in your heart and you're on team Adam apart from Christ and the Spirit of God. Why? Because there's hope in seeing that you need help. In Adam, here's the big takeaway, the potency. In Adam, we deserve death and the righteous judgment of God. See, this is the truth of being on team Adam. Now, where this goes is there's two humanities. By, by nature, by birth, by, by our demonstration of life, this is where we're at. The good news of the gospel is not you, but it's Christ, the position of Christ. So just as one man brought sin in the world, one man, one man is gonna bring salvation. There is a, there's another representative of humanity that could be Christ for you. The position of Christ. Verse 15, it says, the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Verse 17, the free gift of righteousness reigns in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18, so one act of righteousness leads to justification for all men. Verse 19, by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous by one man. See, through Adam, sin came in the world, death reigns. Through Christ, man, salvation comes. The grace of God comes. That's why we don't want fair. If we get fair, we get judgment. We want grace. We want Christ. We want to, uh, him to be our representative. So uh, what we have to unpack here to really allow this to preach to you, to make it, I pray that, like I said, the, the Spirit of God make it real to you, is to look what Jesus did for you. I think someone's like, oh, yeah, 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 grace, and then you move on. Or yeah, yeah, justification, you move on. 
No, like it's, 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 it's amazing, it's beautiful. We shouldn't leave it. And honestly, I don't think a lot of us even comprehend it. This is, this is an amazing truth of justification. Listen, look at verse 16. It says this, through one man, which is Christ, and the free gift is not like the result of, of that one man's sin, that's Adam, for the judgment following one man's trespass brought condemnation. That's what Adam, he, Adam brought condemnation, the judgment of God, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. What it's saying that Jesus died our death, he paid in full, not in part, for our sins, that he nailed our sins to the cross and has been paid in full. Now, what it didn't say in this one man's death brought forgiveness. What did it say? This one man's death brought what? Justification. Now, that's different. Now, what I didn't just say in the gospel, there is forgiveness but forgiveness is not enough. See, the death of Christ, we can be washed from, from our sins. We can be made, uh, we can have our, our sins forgiven, but that brings us to a neutral spot with God. That's not good news. Know why? Because if you're at a neutral spot with God, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna taint it because you're not good enough. We'll fall short again and again and again. What we don't need is a second chance. We need a savior. See, I remember... Um, I'll give you at least two examples. I grew up in church and I was, I, I was very aware of my sin and I had that guilty conscience and every, every week I'd be like, you know what? I need that second chance. I need that forgiveness. So I, I'd, I'd say the prayer, God, forgive me. The problem was, I'd be like, I, and I'll be better. I wasn't better. So I'd say it again. God, I need some, I need some more of that forgiveness. I'll be better. Well, the, part, the problem was I was never better. So I was very insecure in my faith. Why? Because my security was in me. Another way I'll say it, I went to church camp one time and I heard about what I thought was the gospel. It was like, you can be forgiven. I was like, I need that. And I remember in my bunk bed thinking, I was like, this is gonna end badly for me. And I, even, I, I, like, I knew what's gonna happen in my future. Like I knew I wasn't gonna be good enough. I knew, I knew even if God, you forgave me the next day, it's not gonna be enough. And this is why I didn't say forgiveness. What does it say? You brought justification. And it, it defines what justification is in verse 18 and 19. It says this, therefore one man's trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteous, the righteous act of one leads what? To justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the, man, uh, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, listen, by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. See, it's not only the death of Christ, but it's the life of Christ that saves you. Is there a missing part to the gospel that you don't get? It's not only does Jesus deal with your sin, he gives you his perfect obedience, the life of Christ, his obedience for your disobedience. It's the active obedience of Christ that is accredited to us. You couldn't earn it, you couldn't achieve it, but it's given to you. Where you failed, Jesus was perfect. That's why we do, there are no perfect people. That's not to shame you, but it's to help you see the perfect righteous that comes in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, which will be up on the screen, it says this, for our sake, he made him to be sin. Who knew of sin? That, so Jesus, man, he bore our sin on the cross so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So when we, when we put our faith in Christ, not only does he deal with our sin, but he gives us his righteousness. We're clothed in perfection. We're clothed, we're clothed in in. in, in his, his, his righteousness. Now, what's amazing here 
is if, if you didn't earn it, if you didn't earn it, but Christ earned it for you, there is no way, there's no possibility of you becoming unrighteous. If you didn't earn your righteousness, but it's according to his obedience, not your obedience, can you become unrighteous? The answer is absolutely not. Why? Because it's his righteousness. You're beyond the possibility of becoming not spotless and pure. Why? Because of Christ. This is justification. See, we give Jesus our sin and he gives us his righteousness, his sonship. God cannot view you any other way besides perfect if you're in Christ. Now this, is, this, will, this will change your life. The potency of Christ uh, in justification is so beautiful. So it, it makes a weird transition. It's not weird if you look at it, but it's in Christ, you are righteous. That's the teaching. You're perfect, spotless, pure, you're a son wide. You didn't, you didn't earn it, it's what he has earned for you. He achieved it, he was perfect in your stead. Now, the potency of this, the power of this, the effects of this, listen to verse 20. It moves, it seems in a weird direction, but it's not, it's not weird at all. It says, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. What it says is, then what about the law? In the law, help, helping me become righteous? Don't I have to obey the law? To, to, to be, be made right with God, it says, absolutely not. You don't understand why the law came in. Why did the 10 commandments come in? It wasn't so you could achieve righteousness, it's actually to show you how far short you fall of the glory of God. It's like a mirror that you look at, it's like, it's way worse than I thought. It's not good, but the good news is you're covered in his righteousness. Now, here's a question for you. The, how often do you confess your sin? If you are born of the spirit of God and you read the word of God, you know what you're gonna see? You're not even close to measuring up. You should be confessing sin all the time. Man, I see it everywhere in my life, unfortunately. And I'm not proud of it, but it doesn't condemn me. Why? Because I'm confident in Christ. It's a guarantee you're walking in self-righteousness if you're not confessing sin. Know why? Because it's not that it's not there, right? The law exposes your sin nature. It helps you confess it, that you can walk in his forgiveness, his freedom, his righteousness, and walk in the security of Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's the righteousness of Christ that allows you to confess your sins because you know you're not defined by that sin. Victories is yours in Christ. You belong to him, not because of anything you've done, but what he's done for you. And this is your identity. You get what you don't deserve in Christ. Another way that you could say this is the potency of Christ. It says it actually, I'll just read verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign. We now belong to the, not, not the reign of sin and death. We, we belong to the reign of grace. Another way you can say this is Jesus is greater than Adam. Grace swallows judgment. It says so many times here, three different times, much more have grace. So although sin is real, much more will have the grace of God. It says much more will those receive the abundance of his grace. So yes, there's really bad news, but there's even greater news. Grace abounded more. This idea here is grace superabounds. Where you think you sin, his grace superabounds and covers it. God doesn't even see it. Far as the east of the west forgiven, you're covered in Christ. This is justification. It says at the cross, grace overwhelms sin. 
overwhelms your sin. Life will triumph over death. The first Adam is not the last word. It's a hard word, but it's not the last word for your humanity. The second Adam, the perfect, obedient federal head is the last word. There is no hope at all without Christ, but there is certain hope with him and in him. I, I will try to make you uncertain all day in yourself, but I want to try to bring you into the certainty, which is Christ. You're so secure. It says that this, this grace will reign. This grace is what you're defined by. Listen to what it says furthermore as we keep going. It says that so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign what through righteousness. How do we have this grace? Through righteousness. This is why we preach justification, not some of the time, but all the time, because you need to see the righteousness that is Christ. Why does this matter? Because the world's trying to identify you with something else. It's trying to define you by, trying to help you find your worth in something else that will not save you. So the righteousness is what you're defined by. His perfect obedience, his achievement for you, his perfection. Listen, you are not defined by your sin. So many of us have so much sin in our past, or a big sin in our past, that you're scared to acknowledge one to God or anyone else. In Christ, you are not defined by that. God doesn't even see it. The thing that you struggle with that you won't tell anyone about, you're not defined by that in Christ. You're righteous in Christ. The thing that you could do in the future can't taint the righteousness of Christ. Why? Because Christ earned it. That's yours in Christ. You're not defined. You're not defined by your best day. God doesn't love you more when you think you're doing great. He loves you because of Christ. And the good news, that doesn't mean he loves you less on your worst day. Well, how do I know that? The righteousness of Christ. You are not defined by your circumstance, good, bad, or ugly. You're not defined by your bank account. You're not defined by your sports team. You're not defined by your parents. You're not defined by your nation. You're not defined by your sufferings. You're not defined by, by what you fear. You're defined by Christ. You know what? You're gonna be on your deathbed one day and you're gonna have a question. Did I do enough? And I'm gonna tell you something. You didn't do enough, but Christ did. That's your hope. I'm telling you, I've died. I've talked to dying men and women. That's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. I don't think I did enough. And I'm gonna say, absolutely you did not. But the good news, you're not banking on what you did. It's what Christ has done for you. That's the security that Christ brings. That's the life that Christ brings. This righteousness, what does it do? Listen, it leads to eternal life. That's why we're passionate about it. The only way you have life is Christ. We cannot take our eyes off of it for a moment because in Jesus, listen, you possess eternal life and you will have eternal life. How do we know it? It's because what's Christ earned for you? Walk in it, believe in it, treasure it. See, your biggest problem today is not what you think it is. Is that you actually don't believe this. That's your biggest problem. You're looking for other things that be your righteousness that will fail you and betray you and lead you to death. By the grace of God, you're hearing once again the righteousness of Christ that will deliver you to eternal life. It's sufficient and it's enough. Just as sure as Jesus rose from the dead in Christ, so will you. So will you. Just as sure as Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, so are we by the Spirit of God and we will see him face to face. How do we know that? Because Christ, Christ is not something, it's everything. And you know what? 
I forget the gospel all the time, all the time. So many times I have a guilty conscience. So many times I feel like I don't measure up. So many times I, that sin pops up. You know what I need? Is I need the, the light of Christ to radiate more into my heart. I need, I need to believe him more. I need to see him more. I need to walk in him more. Because listen, your circumstance will not change walking out today, but your vision can. Your vision, your security in Christ can. By the spirit of God, he, Jesus changes everything. You know, I, 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 hope, I hope that you can walk away from your sin, your guilt, your shame this morning. Why? Because of Christ. I hope, I hope that you can say, I'm not what's been done to me, but I'm, 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 I'm defined by what Christ has done for me. I pray that some of you will rest, not looking at your bank account. Some of you would just, just not blame everyone, but just stand secure in Christ. He is our justification. He is our life. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd help us believe, believe your gospel. Make it real to us by your spirit. God, we need your help to see this truth. We have so many things attacking our identities, trying to say, no, this is who you are and this is what you deserve. Help us hear your voice and say, no, 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 you are mine. And I give you grace. You're my beloved son. You you will receive mercy. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are secure. Help us hide in the refuge, which is Christ for us. Help us treasure it. Help us love it. Help us be changed by it. God, I pray that we would allow us to feel the condemnation in self-righteousness, that we can't earn it, that we just be so tired of performing that we just stop and believe in full what Christ has done, that we just find rest for our souls. I pray that we be encouraged, encouraged in Christ today. I pray that we be clarified that we either are on team Adam or team Jesus. You can't be in the middle. Help us by faith. Make Make, a, make sure that we know that we're on team Jesus, that you would seal that salvation into our minds and our heart, that we would walk with the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breast, breastplate of righteousness. It would protect us. It'd be how we define our lives. God, I pray that you'd speak to us and that we respond in worshiping King Jesus, that he is our victor, he is our righteousness, he is our hope, he is our security. I ask that in Jesus' powerful name, amen.